Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the second podcast of No Shame on You, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I am the founder and president of No Shame on You. Today, we are honored to be joined by Kira Newman, who is the Director of Recovery at NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, Chicago. No Shame on You is thrilled to be working with Kira and NAMI Chicago on the HOP Honest, Open, Proud program that No Shame on You is offering for free to the Chicago community. Special thanks to the Gabe W. Miller Memorial Foundation for helping to make this course possible. Hi, Kira. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Miriam. How are you? Good, good. It's so great to see you. It's good to see you, too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Well, thanks. Well, I'm excited to hear more. Tell us more about uh, what is the Honest Open Proud program. The Honest Open Proud program is a special workshop uh, that is peer-led. The goal is to empower participants to reduce self-stigma and reduce public stigma as well by considering the topic of self-disclosure, which basically just means that people are um, considering what sharing their story of recovery and their personal experiences with mental illness um, is going to be like. And so it's, it's a really wonderful program that was actually developed by Dr. Pat Corrigan at the Illinois Institute of Technology here in Chicago. He is one of the le- world's leading researchers on mental health stigma. And what we know from the research is that by far the most effective way to reduce public stigma, all the stereotypes, attitudes, and beliefs about people with mental illness, as well as self-stigma, which is when someone who's living with a mental health condition kind of internalizes those beliefs, and it leads to a lot of uh, negative self-esteem, guilt, and shame. And so what we know is the best way to reduce those is by uh, having people, brave men and women, come out and share their experiences with mental illness, right? To meet people in the community and say, hey, my name's Kira. I'm living with a mental health condition. This is what it's like for me. It's the best way to reduce those stereotypes and reduce the stigma. But what we also know is that it's not safe or right for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who may be unsure about who might be the best people to disclose to, whether it's the right decision for them in different situations, it's a very, very personal decision. And so this program is aimed to be able to connect with those people and help empower them and educate them to make the decisions that are right for them in their own lives. That's awesome. So who do you find typically, of all the uh, people who take the course, is there a certain demographic or a certain age that takes the course, or do you find people from all across the spectrum take the course? We actually find people from all across the spectrum take the course. There have been special versions of the HOP program that have been developed for different populations. For example, there's a special version of HOP specifically for veterans that's being implemented in the VA system, just because some veterans are facing different topics of self-disclosure than general adults in the community. There's also a, yeah, it's really great, Um, but there's also a version specifically 
for college students who are facing some different aspects of self-disclosure, right? So the average age of onset for a lot of people living with a mental health condition is early adulthood, late teens. Right. So for a lot of college students, they may be going away to, moving away to college to go to school um, and then experiencing their first onset of a mental health condition, right? So it's a little different for them moving back home for the summer. How am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to tell my friends? What does this mean for me? Um, so there are some versions that we've tailored to specific populations. Across the board here in the community in Chicago, we've seen a lot of different demographics and people take the course. We have done some, here at NAMI Chicago, um, we've done some specific outreach. We've been doing this program in the Cook County Jail at the Mental Health Transition Center Wonderful. Um, with the gentlemen who are there. It's a special program that Sheriff Tom Dart had initiated um, within the jail system to be able to offer more mental health support and services to people who are currently incarcerated and living with a mental illness. Um, we've also offered this program at various residential programs around this city and partnered with some different community organizations as well. But really, uh, who typically takes the course is anyone who's living with a mental health condition that's trying to consider what does this mean for me and what does this mean in relationship to other people? What should I tell them? Right. What should I not tell them? Right. right? It's all those really complicated, nuanced decisions. What I talk about um, a lot when I'm facilitating the group is um, depending on the setting you're in and who you're talking to, the outcome may be different. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So it's different for every person, and it's a really individual decision. It is, yeah. It's hugely individual. And it's not a hard yes or no question either. Exactly, exactly. It's a very nuanced, um, but that's awesome that you work through, the program works through all the different ways to look at the approach to take. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be the director of recovery uh, of NAMI Chicago. So I am, uh, by training, a social worker. I have my master's in social work actually from here in Chicago at Jane Addams at the Uni uh, University of Illinois at Chicago. Um, but I didn't come to this, this field or come to NAMI um, purely through general interest. I myself am also living with a mental health condition. So for me, this work is deeply, deeply personal. Um, growing up as a teenager, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder as well. And so being someone who's kind of been on both sides of the situation of someone living with a mental health condition and have gotten treatment and services and kind of understanding what that's like, as well as someone who's been trained um, as a clinician. And so that's kind of how I fell into this work, is that I had been helped by so many social workers and wonderful people in the community that I wanted to, to give back. And so that's kind of why I went into social work. I actually first uh, came into contact and found NAMI Chicago through my graduate program for social work. I was a clinical intern here to start. And as an intern, I was lucky enough to be involved with a lot of the, the outreach and education efforts that NAMI does in the community here in Chicago. Through that, I was able to, in this, you know, I'm lucky to work in such a wonderful environment where people are compassionate and non-judgmental that I felt comfortable enough coming out as, as a peer, right? So I started speaking a little bit more about my own experiences and using that um, to be able to give and give back to some of the education programs where we utilize individuals with lived experience to share their own stories. Um, but 
I was also lucky enough that um, when I graduated from my master's program, I was hired on at first to manage the Honest Open Proud program, and then eventually I took on the, the role of director of recovery to manage all of our programs, um, our recovery programs for people living with a mental health condition, as well as um, just generally making sure that we're always recovery-oriented and um, utilizing first-person language and all that good stuff to make sure that we're a really embracing the idea of holistic recovery and showing that through with all of our programming and efforts. So bringing it all back to the HOP program, mm -hmm. what is some of the common feedback you've received from people who have taken the course? I think uh, one of the most common things that I hear from participants who have taken the course is um, sometimes a little bit of surprise, realizing uh, oh, so it's okay if I choose not to disclose, right? So something that we talk about very in-depth in the course is being able to make decisions based on the setting, the situation, what's going on, right? So if you are in a support group with other peers, self-disclosing and sharing aspects of your experience in recovery is gonna be very different than sitting at Thanksgiving dinner across from your in-laws. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. it's big difference, um, big difference. kind of being able to negotiate and figure out those nuances and that complexity and self-disclosure can be a really empowering experience, no matter what people end up deciding. Typically, throughout the course, um, we ask people to consider a couple situations really in depth and figure out, you know, what's going to be the best for you in this moment. And about a third of the people may decide to come out. Um, and disclose and share their experiences. About a third of the people may decide, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to um, keep to myself. About a third of the people decide, you know what, I'm not ready to right. make a decision. I want to get more information. I want to figure this out a little bit later. And so commonly what we hear from people who have taken the course is really a sense of empowerment um, and a sense of being self-satisfied with whatever that decision may be, right? So some people, particularly people who are experiencing a lot of self-stigma may feel shame or embarrassment um, or guilt around their mental health condition and uh, around, you know, why aren't I more open about this? Right. I shouldn't be ashamed, you know, kind of adding on layer by layer. And so one thing that is really striking to me after going through the HOP program is that a lot of folks, um, experience less of that. They experience less guilt, less shame. They're more likely to seek out help if they need it and engage with it. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about. There should be no shame. And the fact that this amazing program helps to achieve that is really remarkable. Right. And it's such a, it seems like such a small act of self-disclosing, right? right? Being able to not. sit, it's not, right? Right. Being able to sit down with a friend you haven't seen in a few years and catch up about, you know, what you're, what you've been up to. Right. It's not, it, it, it can be a very small act that makes a huge change, but it doesn't feel very small. Right. So any, any steps that we can take to uh, help folks on the way to deciding, is it right for me? Is it right in this situation? What am I going to talk about? All that sort of stuff really goes a long way. And on top of that, it offers a safe space to be able to talk about some of these concerns. Right. So 
what I've noticed in, in doing this program and these incredible groups is that a lot of people really bond um, and make incredible connections in the groups as well. And so um, I've seen this a lot, especially in the work that we've done with the Cook County Jail. Um, a lot of the gentlemen who have done the HOP group have had some really profound uh, response to it. It's really, really incredible. Um, we had one gentleman in one of the groups that we did who said at the end of the third session, um, he was struggling. He said, I'm struggling because I have 30 years of using and now I'm trying to catch up. You guys have given me a great amount of information and this gift that I've never thought of before. I've learned more about myself in the last three days than ever before in my life. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. The, the response has been really, really incredible. It's, um, I'm still floored um, and blown away by some of our participants. They're really amazing. And so for a lot of folks, it's that, that self sense of empowerment um, that they really, really get from this, this workshop. And one thing that we reiterate over and over again is that we're not trying to convince people that coming out is the right thing for them. Right. We're, we're always trying to just encourage them to follow whatever is going to be best for them. And if they walk out and out the door and decide that they don't want to talk about their experiences, if they're all right with that and that gives them some sense of peace that they've been able to make that decision, great. Then the workshop has done what it's meant to do. Awesome. That's yeah. great. It's really uh, a guide for people to how, how to live with mental health conditions. Mm -hmm. Tell us about some of the other amazing programs that NAMI Chicago uh, has going on. I know you do so much great stuff. We do. We have uh, a lot of programs going on right now. One in particular that's a newer initiative is a specific outreach to the West Side here in Chicago. So our West Side Outreach Program is a pilot project where we'll provide free mental health training to schools, houses of faith, um, and community-based organizations. The goal of the training um, is to hit at least 400 community members over the next six months, and we're focusing it really in the police districts uh, 10, 11, and 15. So that's largely Austin, North Lawndale, um, and then the Garfield communities as well. The training we're doing in partnership with a lot of different agencies. So there's ourselves, Presence Health, um, Ann and Robert H. Lurie's Children's Hospital, the Sinai Health System, Thresholds, and Trilogy. And we're going to be able to provide uh, different types of mental health training to bring awareness to the community, as well as to be able to tailor and be really specific for different audiences. Wonderful. So we have uh, special presentations and trainings just for faith-based communities, some just for schools, and for some other community organizations as well. So this is a, a newer initiative, um, and it's going to be over the next six months, which is going to be really, really exciting. So if anyone is interested in learning more about this outreach pilot project, then they can definitely call our office. The number is 312-563-0445. And if anyone is also interested in learning more about just NAMI Chicago in general, they can always reach out. That's what we're here for. We want to help to bring education and awareness into our community and advocate for those who are impacted by mental health conditions. So themselves, family members, friends, so that we can lessen some of the suffering in the community. 
Thank you so much, Kira. We're so honored to be working with you on the HOP program, and um, it's amazing all the wonderful things you do, and we want to thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Miriam. We're honored to be able to partner with you to expand our program and to be able to offer it in the north suburbs as well. It's been a huge and just very humbling experience being able to run these programs and work with so many great people in the community. So thank you for all the work that you do. Well, thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you soon. You too. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to the No Shame on You podcast. For resources and upcoming events, please go to www.noshameonyou.org. That's www.noshameonyou.org. Thanks so much.